0: Hey folks, welcome to Your Basket is Empty, the space where I sit down with the world's most interesting brands and digital agencies to unpack where they're at, where they're going, and how they're navigating the consumer landscape. I'm your host, Tim. So I'm changing up the format a bit for the rest of the year. I'm moving from a season-based schedule to weekly episodes. This will continue into next year also. I really appreciate you tuning in, so if you've got any feedback, you can hit me up at tim at on episode 59, I'm speaking with Nicole Compen. She's the founder of Ray the Store, uh, which is a traveling showcase of emerging food, drink and wellness brands, championing natural ingredients and quality design. I've been there. It's an amazing space. It allows curious shoppers and key industry players to experience a handbook range of products and learn more about the stories that built them. You can check them out at weareray.com. We talk about how working brand side led to the creation of Ray, the store, the nuts and bolts when it comes to running pop-ups, the secret source of truly exceptional experiential retail, that's hard to say, how to find, manage and nurture amazing brand partnerships, the challenges of property management and what's next for Ray, permanent locations or going international. Before we get into it, quick word from my sponsor, this podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over thirty thousand e-commerce brands. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit Klaviyo.com/slash-your-basket-is-empty to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com/slash-your-basket-is-empty. Enjoy the episode. Nicole, welcome to the pod. How are you and where are you?
1: Hi, Tim. Uh, Thanks for having me. I am currently sitting in the basement of my Regent Street store, which is the latest Ray pop up that we opened.
0: Lovely. Um, It's a lovely day out there. Have you seen, did you get, how early do you get in? Do you see the sun or not, given that it's kind of Um, October?
1: I got up at about six o'clock, but I didn't get in until nine o'clock. So, been an early rise but um means that i got some work done before before the actual start of the day
0: (laughs) yeah work before work nice um i want well usually do a rewind right that's kind of like a good place to start and you spent some time in-house at brands i'm 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 curious as to like what were you doing what were your experiences during that kind of period of your the early part of your career
1: yeah so my career started out well has always been in brand and marketing um i have worked for in like kind of different industry sectors um but once i found my personal interest in anything food health well-being related i um decided to start working for like health conscious um food startups so um i was with a restaurant chain Previously, I then moved into a more luxury coffee company and um, that the latest role was <clears throat> as head of marketing. So that kind of um, meant every single touch point with a customer from um, both your in-store experience to launching new venues, to launching an e-commerce channel where um at the point that I joined, there was no coffee offering of their own. So we launched a roastery facility that came with, um, you know, like the packaging design, the e-commerce build from a design point of view, but also customer flow. So um, it's kind of been an all-round marketing experience from um, my, the early days that I started my my career. And that kind of... Um, still has a big impact on how I currently run my own business. Um. So, yeah, it's been a great experience today. That's mostly been in, in London for the last nearly seven years now.
0: Cool. And I'm curious then, at what point did Ray the Store come about? Was it an organic process? Was there a light bulb moment? Like at what point did you say, okay, this is a thing. I'm going to go for it. <laughs>
1: um it came about probably five years ago now um and it kind of went through different iterations where um originally there was an idea to um occupy blank canvas like vacant units um a permanent store and then invite brands to come in for a short-term activation so kind of supporting them along the way with anything from the setup to the marketing to um the legal documents that are required for for stores um but that quickly kind of pivoted into what if we bring together smaller like-minded brands because um when you work with one brand it's obviously a, a large cost that um is being put on them meaning that i would only be able to work with um larger companies and having been interested in anything food, food, health, uh, well-being related for a long time. I always follow brands on Instagram, um, anywhere online. LinkedIn is one of my obsessions, um, <laughs> <you> kind <laughs> of <too>. follow, <laughs> follow the latest. It's very
0: sad that both of us LinkedIn is <laughs> an obsession
1: anyway. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was kind of following the trends, following the new launches. Um, seeing a lot of brands team up online for giveaways because, um, Let's say if you're if you're a protein brand, a vegan protein brand, like there might be a brand that is focusing on um, juices, for example, and like naturally there is an overlap in the type of people that you're trying to to get in touch with or reach. So um, I saw that happening a lot online, and that kind of led to me thinking, like why why is there not a space where all these brands are available because I want to see them i want to try them um, not necessarily pay shipping fees for all the individual products i would like to purchase or multi-pack buying which um is the case for a lot of drink brands so what we what i then came to um realize is why not put them in one place find prime london locations um and work with like-minded brands so they can kind of leverage of the cross marketing efforts um while being exposed to the general public um, and then it kind of once we did launch it rolled into a more industry focus as well so um, yeah it's kind of seeing that things happening online and facilitating an offline setting because customers do like an experience they do like to touch and feel products um, and learn a bit more before they they purchase an item
0: Yeah, totally. I love the idea of the sort of like power of many there because you're right. So it must be very difficult to have the location that you have with a singular brand. So that kind of like bringing them together, keep the costs low. But I'm curious on the experiential retail front, like in your opinion, what makes a good retail experience? Um, And who else do you think does a good job? Who else do you think maybe doesn't? And the reason I'm very curious about it is your location, which is what? 20 meters well maybe more 100 meters from like the premier (laughs) retail destination in all of the UK and I was there not long ago in loads of the big stores and I thought the retail experience was fucking terrible like really bad and these are big 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 companies right with you know infinite amounts of funds so like how do you kind of look at that and how are you sort of like drawing upon inspiration to sort of make the the way the store experience as as good as it can be
1: yeah so with Every store we open, um, the first thing we do is analyze the local area where we want to pop up in. And then um, we also keep in mind the seasonality. So with every edition, um, it's a completely unique experience. So that goes from the font that we use, the color that we use in the stores, and that like ties in with everything we communicate on, on social media as well. So... With every store opening, we try to create a unique experience. Um, meaning the fit out is different. There's different brands to discover. There are like few consistent um touch points. So for example, we share brand stories um on physical cards so that sit next to the products on the shelves, and that's kind of um the same format for all the brands that are part of the store. To keep kind of a clean and um easy to browse experience we tend to usually work with about 100 brands per edition sounds like a lot but if you put it into perspective where we categorize as food drink or wellness um it means that we showcase about 30 brands per category and the way we set up the products We try to keep it very clean, minimalistic, um, full attention to the the individual items and make sure there's enough space so brands really stand out. And I think um, there are a few other retailers that do great jobs like um, the likes of Selfridges, for example, they obviously always come up with um, kind of seasonal themes or activations and um, allow brands to be more present and be more actively involved. And that's something that we try to do as well, where we host a lot of events during during the pop-ups where it can be panel discussions, it can be a workshop and taste and review sessions. um, Brands come in to sample products to to the public. So it's really trying to create a unique experience as soon as someone walks through the door um, I'm not seeing work perfect just yet. <laughs> um, there's still a lot of improvements and um, things I like to implement to optimize that experience from discovering Ray potentially online to then visiting the store and the different touch points as a as a customer. Um, but I think it's important to constantly bring something new because people. Yeah, it's it's important to keep people curious and be different and give them a different experience every every time they come shop because our customers do come to the different locations. We see them come back and refer back to previous locations which which is great. It means that they are very engaged.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. I I I wasn't sh- I obviously I understood the rolling pop-up nature of it, but I wasn't quite sure about the behind the scenes sort of um unique strategy for each particular kind of like space how long does that kind of take then like once you're in one space you you're obviously planning like the next one right because these things take a while and there's a lot of time a lot of so what's your kind of like horizon for like you're in the space and then you're doing versus the next space and planning that one not just obviously the location and all of the admin that goes with that but you know the experience itself
1: um So it's quite difficult to plan pop-ups because we, at this point, we work with uh, landlords directly. So when um, a space becomes available, it could be a matter of a four to six-week turnaround, which is fairly tight because obviously it comes with um, getting all the brands on board, sorting out the design work from graphic assets to um, the fit out of the space but that's kind of the nature of how we run the store. so we're set up for a quick quick turnaround um yeah so at this point we we're currently planning the next one while we're still running um the current one on Regent street but for example um i don't know what's what will happen in the next two three four months um it all depends on what units become available that suits the the offering that we we provide um so it is a challenging one to to schedule but so far um the important part is to make sure that we find locations that are prime high footfall uh, in areas that are relevant for the brands
0: yeah that's super interesting and i mean we've talked a bit about the brands but i'm curious to understand like how do you go about curating them so you're obviously in the space right you you know what's a good fit and what's not but there's probably a point at which you need to scale that beyond your own kind of just like knowledge of brands so do, do brands get in touch with you do you still do outreach kind of how does it work at the moment
1: so we started with reaching out to brands on instagram that was the the very first way i approached brands about the concept now that we've done multiple editions, it's very much a mix between um, brands reaching out to us, um, brands recommending other brands. We do have brands that tend to travel with us, so they like to have the exposure in the different areas. Um, or sometimes brands dip in and out depending on seasonality or if they've gone through um, redesign, new packaging or new uh, flavors or new range that they launched so it's a flexible um flexible engagement from a brand point of view um it is it is an interesting one where um i still I still very much need to manage to get new brands on the shelves and ideally brands that have not been anywhere else or mm. are yet to launch so most editions that we run we manage to get brands that have launched with us so very first time they are on a physical shelf um, simultaneously launching their own e-commerce channel so for them it's a great way to be exposed on different um different levels from online to in in-store retail um and i feel like there's just so much going on in the space and Instagram for for us at this point is just the easiest way to find find brands or now that we've built a bit of a community we Mm. um, we tend to be notified when when brands are being launched or soon to launch so we can be the first ones to engage with them.
0: Yeah and I'm curious then because yeah as an outsider's perspective it feels like you've gained some serious traction. What why do you well is that true (laughs) from your perspective? And why do you think that is? I mean my sense is your um brand design aesthetic sensibilities are like really on point and the the matching of like what the your own brand and you and the brands that you partner with there's there's a great synergy do you think that's why you've gotten so much traction and like can you talk me through that in a little bit more detail
1: um so when i engage with a brand it always starts off with a about 30 minute conversation um which i think is an important step for early stage startups essentially, because, um, I like to understand why they launched a the product um, where they're at and what their vision is. So some brands, they like to gain awareness because they are D 2 C. So they want people to find them online versus other brands that are trying to get into retailers. Um, so it's, it's a, mix of um engagement with with brands. And we can you remind me of the question?
0: The I suppose what I'm I'm trying to get to is like what's your secret source? And it feels like what you know what you've talked about there, where you it's a heavy curated process and you're really keen to understand. It's not that it's just, hey, here's a pop-up space. We build it, they come. You're really trying to understand is this brand ready for what you're offering? And like, really, it's kind of like a matchmaking thing. That that that's my observation. Is do you think that's what's going on? And is, yeah. is that your secret sauce?
1: Um. So when we do engage with brands, we um pay attention to ingredient lists and packaging design. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the two things that we um we analyze. So that means looking at the sugar levels. Yep. Making sure there's no added refined sugars, no artificial flavouring, no artificial colouring added to the product. So, from Ray's point of view, it means that we can communicate that we showcase products that are better for you. So, anyone who comes in and purchases items from the shelves, they know that it is it is good for your health. It's not it's not a product that contains loads of sugar or um ingredients that you may not understand as a consumer. So that's that's one part that is important, which means that we manage to work with brands that have a similar vision and mission. Um lots of the brands they have the aspiration to become fully sustainable. Obviously as a new brand it's it's challenging because it comes with a cost and um you need to make conscious decisions there. So um that is something that they have in mind and something that goes across all the brands that we, we work with. So packaging design ties in with that, where yep. sometimes we are approached by brands that use off the shelf packaging with um, labels or stickers. And from experience, we we just discover that packaging design is such an important aspect where Apparently. if it's not interesting or like curious enough for people, they will not pick it up from the shelf. Because essentially the range that we do showcase, it's it's all innovative. So it's it's different from your your standards um standard brand. And that means that packaging design needs to be on point to spark curiosity. And that doesn't mean that it needs to be fully refined because we have brands that use rate as an opportunity to learn where yeah, um, interesting. if they've been D2C only and wow. they now wish to have a retail experience, they all of a sudden need to think about okay, we we need to put a label on the product yeah. because yeah. if it's D2C online, you can send a leaflet or any information. Totally. Apart. Yeah. So in a retail setting, it's it's different. Um. So we try to provide that environment where brands can showcase with us to then learn and improve essentially and and get ready for larger retailers if that's something that they they wish to to go for
0: yeah that's so interesting like your curation process goes so deep i think yeah that that is your secret sauce but i'm curious then to like uh just switch gears slightly so we've talked a lot about the brand curation process but i'm curious like what's the most challenging aspect of ray is it the is it kind of the the brand management side that's like one bit or is it the like property management piece like what what's more challenging or do they go in ebbs and flows like at some point you know the property bit becomes slightly more challenging once you secure it okay good that's sorted now we focus on the brands how does that kind of play out
1: um property has definitely been the biggest challenge um the fact that we like to take units for about four to six weeks is something that landlords are not always very keen on um they for them it's obviously more beneficial to secure a a tenant for three years five years ten years um so it gives them security so my challenge is to make sure that we constantly engage with different landlords and for them to come to us with locations as and when they're in between long-term tenants or someone moving out and they wish to do an activation of the space um i now started to invite landlords to come around when we have a an edition running just to show them what it is yeah. and explain that we the majority of brands we work with are uk based usually it's about 90 95 so it means that we really champion the, the British brands essentially because I feel like that's not been done enough because um, what you see online is a lot of American brand or European brands um, and there are so many amazing founders and, and products out here in, in the UK that that's what we focus on and that's something that landlords tend to relate to as well. Um, then that obviously rolls into managing brands because, like I said earlier, we work with about a hundred per edition, and it's a hundred or more if it's co-founders um, that run a brand that are very passionate about their brand and product. Because yep. in the end, it's it's their baby, and they um, they want to make most out of the opportunity to to join Ray. So that is definitely um, some people management going going on there. <laughs> yeah. Where I try to always. Keep everyone informed by um, group updates, um, and obviously, like if there's any questions or concerns or um, feedback that they like to give, I'm I'm all ears because there's still a lot that we can learn and improve from brands and their experience. Um, but definitely, it can be full on sometimes if if you're, yeah, receive lots of emails with with questions or um things that they like to see changed.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it feels like there maybe isn't like a binary sort of uh, concept there where the landlords are one thing and the brand's the other. It's sort of managing both at the same time. Ha, what What have you learned though, since you started in terms of the kind of like general management? Has there been anything that surprised you? Were like the the, the properties easier to get or were they more difficult to get? Were the brands easier to get or, or less difficult to get? Like what is like Oh, and is there anything you would have done differently since the first one?
1: So, um, I feel like after we hosted our third store, things have slightly become easier.'m not saying that it's it's um flying since Edition three, but it definitely meant that um we managed to curate a space that felt permanent, and that was really my goal for that sp- specific edition. Because one of the feedback points from landlords is with pop-ups, they are concerned that it looks temporarily. So it meant that from edition three, we kind of stepped up our game with um bespoke build and making sure that, for example, fridges are um like boarded up so they look nice and they look as if they fit into a wall essentially. Um so now that we have those visuals and the chance to invite landlords to come see the the concept in in person when we run a store it's helpful and it it means that um they can understand it better and see that we we do do invest in curating the space and make it look permanent um then i guess the the other challenge is just um keep communicating what we do because it is still a a new concept um we still have like customers come in and ask like what are you about can we can we actually purchase products or is it just like a gallery showcase yeah. setup um which is an interesting an interesting point because that to me also shows that there is still some prov- improvement to do on um on the way we set up the spaces the one thing that has changed a lot since The very first store is the interest from i always say industry people and by that i mean buyers from larger retail stores Mm. investors where they now that we have done multiple stores they are like okay there is something here there are constantly new brands that um raise showcases and with them there's now a more of like a relationship building going on so we invite buyers from um, independent stores, but also the larger retailers that go across uh, the whole of the UK to come in for a browse without any commitment. So from their point of view, they can come in, see products on a shelf, see how it sits next to other products um, without being pitched at. So they like to just come in and, and be discreet. Most yeah. of the time, they would browse yeah. the shelves. Like the mystery
0: shopper yeah. I mean.
1: yeah. <laughs> take pictures, and then yeah. um, they ask for a conversation. Um, so there are definitely um, some relationships being built on that front, where it's about trust and uh, making sure that they they are in charge in the different um, aspects and touch points. So if they want to get in touch with a brand, we can facilitate that, but we won't. Um, share their details that their, their contact details essentially with with our brands um and that now led into hosting pitch moments for i think about 10 brands that we currently have in the store um to certain buyers and that is something that i'm, I'm hoping to build on more because in the end what ray is here for is to help brands in their journey and yep that goes from exposure point of view to totally. be potentially listed in in larger retailers. So, yeah, it's very exciting to be able to facilitate that. And the first ten pitches that are going to take place in the next couple of days, I picked up the phone to give to share the news with the founders. So that was very very exciting.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. That kind of like pipeline slash discovery slash exposure piece. You know, um, I'd imagine that brands must see that as a very advantageous aspect to this kind of model right like they they get this kind of potential exposure um so you've got a christmas special coming up what's that about and i suppose i'm interested in like what what's the sort of plan for 2023 or whatever you can divulge at, at this point in time I appreciate there might be some sensitive stuff there
1: um so christmas coming up very soon um so we're launching at the start of November until um, late December. And we are actually going to run the edition in the same space as we are currently running edition four. Um, and that was done because we are on the one of the busiest high streets in in London and we've never traded during Christmas. So it will be completely unique experience yeah. uh, for myself where we're now thinking about we curate hampers and have the different brands um kind of using complementary brands in a hamper to give easy access and and for customers to come in and just pick up a box from from the shelf Um, and then everything in terms of the fit out of the space is going to completely change so the layout will be completely moved around the branding again will change from fonts to color um we for edition four, we did our very first partnership where we had patch plants join us. Um, so they put in all the greeneries and um they have decided to do the same with the Christmas edition. So they and have cool. um all sorts of small to medium sized Christmas trees that nice. will be decorated and, and put in the store. Um so that that's very exciting trying to create a very festive space with um activations like workshops um to kind of go go hand in hand with the the festivities around uh, Regent Street wow and um,
0: it sounds like the place to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> i guess then rolling into 2023 um at this stage it is a very blank canvas um i know roughly where i would like the next three or four stores to open, um, area wise, but it now comes down to, um, finding the right units, mm-hmm. making sure that we are communicating with the landlords in time, yep. but any conversation now is almost irrelevant because they won't be able to share any pop-up opportunities until about four or six weeks prior to right opening the store. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because they don't know what will be available at that point in time if let's say we want to trade in march next year they would tell me come back in in january so it's it's all tbc at this point
0: <laughs> okay that's cool yeah i i totally appreciate that um so i suppose like taking that that cue but like looking further ahead what what's the kind of like you know i don't know Five years is probably too hard given the current climate. It's hard to plan like six months in advance. But let's say like, what's the kind of two year plan? I remember when we spoke before there was like potential like international expansions. Like what, what's your kind of like vision for, for Ray on a longer term period?
1: Um, So we've done the pop-ups to kind of analyze different areas. Um, and that's something that I probably want to do for another, like I said, three, four editions next year. And then, based on the data that we managed to capture in those various areas, ideally we would want to settle on a permanent location, use that as an ongoing pop up. So, keep that curiosity where we change over the fit outs, um, the brands, the events that we host most likely every season. Um, but continue doing the pop-ups in different UK cities and eventually Europe. So that's the the longer term vision. Um which obviously comes with, with growing a team and um changing the, the messaging slightly because as soon as we enter a new city, it's um a new audience and um an audience that may not have seen what we've been doing in, in London. So It is very exciting, but we take it Well, I take it step by step and see what opportunities come about as and when, um, maybe there will at some point be an online offering as well, which is something that we are looking into on how to translate what we do in store to online as a discovery aspect, because we obviously launched to give people easy access to new products. And I know there's like a lot of great, great like marketplaces online or the fast delivery services where you can now easily more easily find um, emerging brands as well. So we're trying to figure out like how can we be more than that because for us it's also about sharing the stories behind brands. I always say there's a person behind a brand and a product and a reason why why it's launched and how can we translate that to an online um offering essentially
0: yeah totally i I totally agree with you i think that the storytelling and the people and the the brand is the thing that's the longevity all of the tech and all that other stuff like that's not a differentiator anymore you know because the barrier to entry is so low so i'm really excited to see where you go both from a physical Mm -hmm. and digital footprint so my final question to you is what would you be doing if you weren't running Ray, the store.
1: Um I would probably be working with food and drink startups. It's such a um strong community. It's Cause when I when I originally started Ray, um I had no idea like how everyone was so like engaged and open to conversations and um helping each other out. So it's definitely a community that feels very welcoming um I it would still anything be marketing related um just because there's so many ways to communicate and go about partnerships with other brands and um help try lift each other essentially um so it would be brand and marketing related food and drink related perhaps more like the investment side because I know Mm -hmm. that it's Something challenging for brands as well, um, and find ways to to help them help them grow.
0: Nice. Before I let you go, where can people find you? Where can they find raid the Store, both physically and digitally?
1: Um. So at the moment, um Ray the Store can be found on Regent Street, um, until the 18th of December, and we are Online as weareray.com, same as for the social media handles weareray, um, and then me personally, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn as we we um, we mentioned earlier. Um, so that's just my my full name, Nicole Comben, Um where I try to share many stories from my experience with Ray, but also from brands that we um, that we work with and, and showcase in the space.
0: Your personal Instagram is very cool as well. So I'll chuck that in there. People can find you there. (laughs) Um, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. That was great.
1: Thanks so much, Tim.
0: there you go folks thanks so much for joining me before I go a quick word from my sponsor Klaviyo the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging if you want to learn more go visit them at klaviyo.com your basket is empty and as always if you like the episode please leave a review subscribe download and tell all your mates to do exactly the same I'll see you next time you know what they say about with blast jaws